I want to welcome all those who are watching our services online, all those in the 715 area code. And I, I've run into some of you uh, within our community, and some of you have said, hey, I want you to know I watch you just about every Sunday, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. But I want you to know it's better in person. So we would love, right? It's better in person. Would you say that? Yeah. So we would... We'd love for you to, sh to, to come, and we'd love to meet you, all of you, in the 715. And I wanted to just give a shout-out to our youth director, Garrett Metz. Did he not do an awesome job last Sunday in leading the service? A very gifted young man, a gifted communicator, and he and some of our youth leaders are going off to camp this week. And, and I know my life was changed at a camp setting and, uh, and I just ask that you would just be in prayer for Garrett and the youth as they go off to camp this week. It's going to be a life-changing event. I love teenagers. I was a youth pastor for over 15 years, and I, I love teenagers. There's, there, if there's one thing that's worth investing in, it's the next generation, right? And we want to invest in our next generation, and that's exactly what you did. Many of you, you gave towards their uh, camp scholarships, and what a worthy cause. You are investing in young people's lives. It was great to have Micah LaFont up here on the drums this morning. Did you notice that? <laughs> Micah, way to go. He's basically a rock star. Just ask him. He'll tell you all about it. And uh, so I'm just excited to be back in services here. I feel like it's uh, summertime is kind of a, a goofy time, but we had a wonderful time with Michelle's parents in northern Minnesota and uh, this last weekend, so it's great to be back with our family today. So I'm going to encourage you, if you'll follow along in your sermon notes here uh, this morning, follow along in your sermon notes. And also, just a little thing we've added to our sermon notes. Some of you asked, hey, we would just a little bit more information of the activities that are going on at the church. So if you look at the back of the sermon notes, you'll see some of the things that are upcoming uh, in, in our, our church. So I'm going to get right into my, my sermon series today. And this is one of those sermon series that... You're going you're gonna to hear things kind of repeated a lot. If that's okay, if I can have permission to do that, because we are talking about the mission and the vision and the values of Thrive Church. And if there's one thing I really want to stick, I wanted that, that sermon series that I talked about, the good news, the gospel of Jesus, I would want that to stick. And, and I want this to stick. Why, why do we do what we do? What is our purpose, our mission, and our values? So I believe this. If you aim for, if you aim for nothing, you're going to hit it every time. All right? If you aim for nothing, you're going to get nothing. And I believe God has a plan and a purpose for this church and for your life. Just look at your neighbor right now and say, God's got a plan and purpose for me. I don't know if you know that. But God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's more than nothing. Catch that. It's more than just nothing. But if we are not careful, that's what we're going to end up with is nothing. And so we, we put together this plan and purpose, and, and, and we looked in God's Word and said, God, what is it that you would have for our lives? And, and I believe that our mission statement is this. Our mission is to lead people to become life-giving. And, and I put that word thrive, because that's, that's what the word thrive means, is to, to give life, to produce fruit, to, to thrive. We're to be a church that's life-giving, that's thriving. I love being a part of a church that's exciting to be at. Is this an exciting church to be at? <laughs> 
come on, church. This is an exciting church to be at. The, the crowd that was watching online was louder than you. To lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. And you say, Pastor, that's really neat. That's a cool mission statement. Where did you get that? I got it from the Bible. I basically plagiarized. Is that wrong of me to do that? I got that from what is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Our mission is to fulfill the Great Commission in the 715. We are strategically located in Wausau, Wisconsin, just about the center of the state, one of the crossroads in the state of Wisconsin. And we are called to impact the 715. And for many of you, this is your life story. This was your life story. Somebody came into your life, and they were just a little weird, but you noticed something about them, that they had this peace about them. And they had this joy. And they had this mission that they were on. And and you sat down and listened to them one day, and one day they told you about Jesus. They, They taught you what the gospel of Jesus meant. And something stuck. Something grabbed your heart. And something said, I have to have what you have. And one day, remember that day? One day, you asked Jesus to come into your heart, and it changed you. You just thought differently. You began to act differently. You just became a different person, and you learned that fulfillment in life comes when you strive to become a life-giving follower of Jesus. And then one day, you begin to tell people about this joy that's inside of you. You begin to explain to people why you have this peace all the time. Well, you, you explain to them this life change that happened to you. You told them about Jesus. The bottom line is, our mission statement, it's all about discipleship. What is discipleship? Discipleship is to take someone who is at one place and to lead them into a place they've never been before. That's discipleship. How many of you have been discipled before? Somebody came into your life. Maybe you got into a life group. Maybe you got into a church. Maybe you you started watching a church online, and all of a sudden it just felt like that church or that person was leading you, encouraging you to thrive in your life. And I believe this. I believe this. This, What is a life-giving follower of Christ? This is how I define it. That person is both a minister and a missionary. A minister and a missionary. A minister is this. A minister is somebody who attends to someone's needs. They have a need. They have an issue. You recognize it, and on your own free will, you extend yourself to help them with their need. That's what it means to minister. So all of us in this room, all of us watching online, if you are a life-giving follower of Jesus, that means you are living a life of ministry. You look for opportunities to help others. And how many of you notice that when you reach out and you extend yourself to help others, it brings fulfillment in your life? I think there are some Christ followers today who are unfulfilled in their faith because they're not extending themselves to help others. 
If you're here today, you're watching online, and you're just like, I just, I, I, I feel unfulfilled. I just don't, ah, I just, you know, I, I thought that this life change, you know, really, you know, bring excitement. Maybe it's because you're not extending yourself to minister to others. That person is a minister, but a missionary. Not only a minister, but a missionary. That means to go and to share your faith with others. To share your faith with others. There's many ways of doing that, but sharing your faith with others. Our mission is to lead people. When, if we could put up that graph for us here, this is the graph that we're following. This is what I call a faith journey scale. Is to lead people wherever they are in their faith journey. Some people are in the land of none. How many of you have ever been in the land of none before? You just, I don't believe it. I don't believe in God. I don't want to hear about God. There is no such thing. Da 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 da. None. I want nothing to do with it. Then there's people who have moved into out of the land of none and they moved into the land of seeker. All right. I'm interested. But don't be pushy. I'm just looking for some answers. How many of you remember Seekerville? Being in, lived in Seekerville for a while. And then one day you made a decision. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take a step of faith. And you land into newbie land. Newbie land. And you're just, you're out, you, you invited Jesus in your heart. You're just so excited. And then you begin to mature in your faith. And as you matured in your faith, you discovered that, wait a second, I am called to give. I'm called to be a life-giving follower of Jesus. I love, there's an illustration that Jesus gives to us, Matthew, this gentleman who was once Levi. Remember the story in Matthew chapter 9, this man who was a tax collector. And back in those days in that culture, a tax collector was one of the most reviled people in the entire community. This guy was a cheat. He was corrupt. He was crooked. There was no accountability. He was just, uh, people hated this guy, and he brought it on to himself. Selfish. Selfish. Well, one day, Jesus walked into this community, introduced himself to Matthew, and I don't know what conversation went on, but Jesus then asked Matthew, Levi, he says, I want you to start following me. Now, I don't know if like, he got fast-tracked from none to Newbieville like instant, but that's what, that's what it appears to me. And he started to follow Jesus. Do you know what he did next? The, the audacity of what Matthew did so Matthew, it's no, no time later. I don't, it doesn't say how much longer, but it's just a short amount of time. Matthew decides to get together all of his tax collector friends. We're talking the worst people in the community, prostitutes, sinners. The Bible says these are the worst of sinners, and they need to get together, and they're going to have a party. Matthew, are, are you supposed to be doing that? Aren't you supposed to be a newbie? Aren't you supposed to be a, a Christian? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know who the guest is at that, the, the, the special guest of that party? He invites all of his friends to come and meet Jesus. Jesus is in that party. I would have loved to just sit there and listen to the conversation. Matthew's intent just even as a newbie, he knew that he was called to lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. 
And I love Jesus' response because the, these Pharisees, these religious people, came and, and they just shamed. They tried to shame Jesus and what he was doing. Well, how dare Jesus hang around with these sinners? These are the worst people in the entire community. I thought this Jesus is supposed to be some righteous guy. You ever, you ever meet somebody like that? You're always kind of trying to stick it in your eye and point out all of your flaws and all of your mistakes and what a terrible person you are. These were the Pharisees, religious people. And I love his response. Check out his response, Matthew chapter 9, verses 12 and 13. He says, when Jesus heard this little mockery, this scoffing that was gone, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. So if you ask me why I'm hanging around these nuns, you, you ask me why I'm hanging around these seekers, these sinners. It's because they need help. They need life change. As a matter of fact, if there's anybody who really needs life change, I would say it's you. Life change. I am hanging around these people because I'm on a mission of life change. He says, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are are sinners. Did you hear that? Jesus is on mission. Jesus' mission was to lead people from their sin, their life of sin, to become life-giving followers of Jesus. Can, can I just say it this way? I believe as, as a result of Matthew choosing to be a minister and missionary to, his di, to the disengaged in his world, I believe many lives were changed that evening at that party. Because he was intentional. So what is our vision? Talked about mission. What is the vision of Thrive Church? What does that look like? And, I, and I've used this phrase, this statement before. Bill Heibel says, vision comes from a holy discontent with the way things are. We know that there are many people, not just in our community, but in this world, who are completely disengaged from God. And I hear this statement a lot in this community. I talk with people in the community, and they, and they share with me that I, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in the church. But it just, it wasn't relevant. It just didn't meet. It just felt like we were going through these rituals. It just, it just wasn't real. I just felt they were, I was stuck in religion. And so I got, I got away from it. Anybody? can relate to that story. You know people, been there. You, you, you lived a life, you were disengaged, okay? I, I just believe that we are a church that's called to reach the disengaged. Our vision is to be the life-giving church the disengaged of the 715 are looking for. What does that look like? What does that look like? Well, I believe a life-giving church culture Everyone in the church has a Matthew attitude. Everyone in the church who's a Christ follower has a Matthew attitude who understands, I am called to be a minister and a missionary to the people in my world. I believe that, that a culture would be changed. Second of all, I believe that there would be great impact in that community. Because whenever you have a church that begins to take on their mission and they begin to own it and begin to live it out, it affects the community around it. You can't help it. And I believe this. I believe that there will be leadership multiplication. 
You see, as a result of Matthew's transformation, God used him to change the world. Did you realize this? Matthew, if you know, if you look into the New Testament, the first book of the Bible in the New Testament is who? It's Matthew. The one writer of the, of, of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, wrote one of the Gospels. He became a leader. And I believe where there is a culture, a life-giving culture, that leaders are developed. And I just envision, I just envision that one day that we will look back and Thrive Church will have created or been a part of launching 100 missionaries, our ministers, into our community, our pastors, spiritual leaders into our community. And I believe this. We will just focus on the mission, the vision will happen. If we focus on the mission, the vision will happen. So moving forward, we're going to keep our eyes on the mission and our values. What are values? Okay, here's everybody following me here, talking mission. What is the mission of the church? What is the vision? What does that look like when we, when we get there? But how do we do it? What are the values? Values are kind of like the guardrails that, that guide us. They, they tell us, they communicate, and everybody gets into agreement, I hope, that they say, yes, these are the things that will guide us. If you will look at our five values, you will see that really those are the five purposes of the church. I'll get into that later. But values determine our priorities, and they create the culture. Just, just catch that. Values create culture. So I just use a, a restaurant. Culture is this. Culture is the feel that you get from an organization based on, based on how it looks, based on how you're treated by, by those employees or our management. And it's a consistent attitude. That is culture. So if you go out to lunch today, you're going to go into a restaurant and you're going to experience a culture. How many of you have went into a restaurant before and you experienced the culture was so bad, you, would, you will not go back to that restaurant. You drive right by that restaurant. You're like, I'm not going there. No, nope, 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 nope. But how many of you, like, you have a go-to restaurant and you go there all the time because of the culture? The food is okay. Food is decent, but you just love the way that you're treated. It's the same way as it is with the church. A church has a culture, and values shape culture. Values shape culture. Great values create great culture, but when great values, and when great values are lived out, it creates great culture. So we've decided, and we, I spoke on this a few weeks ago, we just said the first value of Thrive Church is we are going to be spirit-led. We're going to be spirit-led. And, and remember the illustration, we had Pastor Joe get up here, and I could just kind of, he, he was the Holy Spirit, and I could follow his leadership, or I can kind of do my own thing. And we just, we said, we're going to do our best as a church. We're going to be spirit-led. We're going to be people who listen to the Spirit, spend time with the Spirit, and we're going to allow the Spirit to lead us. We're going to get behind the Spirit, not get ahead of the Spirit. How many of you have ever done that before? try to get ahead of him and, and try to tell the Spirit, no, 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 God, you got it all wrong. This is the way I want it to work out. So we said we're going to be Spirit-led. To be Spirit-led means we passionately pursue and humbly follow the Holy Spirit as our leader for living. We get behind the Holy Spirit. 
The second value, and I'll go through these quickly, is we're going to be mission-driven. We're going to be people-loving. We're going to be servant-hearted, and we're going to be growth-minded. So today I want to talk about what does it mean to be mission-driven. Mission-driven. How is that a value? How do we live out mission-driven? If you look at Jesus' mission statement in Luke chapter 9, verse 10, yes, Jesus had a mission statement. I don't know if you knew that. He had a mission statement. He said this, For the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, For the Son of Man, Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus' mission was life change. The main thing for Jesus is spiritual life change through a relationship with him. That's his mission. That is the main thing. Let me say it like this. His main thing was to keep the main thing, the main thing, by going out and living the main thing. How many of you have heard that statement before? The main thing. Jesus came and spent those 33 years on his life, and then he spent three years in his ministry, and he kept the main thing, the main thing. And so I want you to know this morning, the point of this entire message is his mission is our calling. His mission, Jesus' mission, to seek and save the lost, is your calling. If you're a life-giving follower of Jesus today, that's your calling. That's what you're called to do. Our Main, if, if that's our calling, then our main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing by going out and living the main thing. How many, how many of you that made that simple? It's just, it's just, Pastor, just stick with the main thing here. All right, I'll try to do that. And we know this is our main thing because Jesus tells us to go out and practice the main thing. He, co- he tells us to practice this thing called the Great Commission. How many of you have heard the Great Commission before? The Great Commission is, a commission is, it's kind of instructions. It's a task that's been handed down to you. And Jesus said, of all the tasks that I could give to you, this is the greatest one. This is your, this is your purpose, the commission. And so Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, he gathers all of his disciples around him, and then he says this, this is what this is all about Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go into your world, and I want you to make disciples of all nations. So if you ask the question, every once in a while, Pastor, we get these missionaries who are coming up here and and talking all the time. I, I just, you know, why are we doing that all the time? Because we believe when we do that, we're engaged in the Great Commission in all the world. We have a, a, a... board full of our missionaries over there, and there's some that are still not on that board yet, but it's a list of missionaries that we support because this is all part of the Great Commission, and this is our engagement, so we're going to invest in the main thing. Jesus said this in John 20, 21. He said, said, again, talking to his disciples before he leaves, he says, as the Father has sent me, so now I'm sending you. Is that, can, you, can you just take your finger right here? Just take your finger, point it out right here. And he says, I, and who is he talking to? He's talking to me. Just as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you to join with me, to be spirit-led in the main thing by leading people to become 
life-giving followers of Jesus. You see, main, making disciples, I believe, is the main thing for Thrive Church. And so as we move forward, we're going to do our best. And we're going to do our best when we make decisions moving forward from here. We're going to do our best to make decisions based on the main thing. I remember, I remember uh, years ago as a youth pastor, I used to do a lot of mission trips and take teenagers overseas and, when, and people would ask me, you really get into missions trips, is, is that, uh, you know, are you thinking about being a missionary someday? And I really felt like the Lord was calling me that I was to expose young lives to missions work and let God work in their lives. And so after our mission trips, we would always gather before we would release them to their parents, gather at the airport or gather at one location before we leave uh, for our flight home, and we'd have feedback time. What did you gain from, from this trip? What did you learn? And, and one of our rules is kind of a funny thing. One of our rules is you weren't allowed to complain. You weren't allowed to complain. If you, you, if you got caught complaining, you have to give $5, and it would go towards a mission project. And some kids, it was funny, they, they would come up to me and hand me $5. I can't stand this. <laughs> but they said that they learned how much that they complained. When they, weren't, when they weren't allowed to complain, they realized how much they complained. But the second thing that they realized, the biggest, I said, if you, if you get anything from this mission trip, you've, you've raised all of this money, hundreds of thousands of dollars to go on this mission trip. If you get one thing from this mission trip, get this. Are you guys ready for it? You, 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 you've been here for 10 days. And for 10 days, you lived the life of a missionary. You've lived out this missions trip. Get this. Your life is a missions trip. Your life. Your life. You are on a missions trip. Did you realize that? You are on a missions trip today. If you are a life-giving follower of Jesus, you are on a mission so what does it mean to be driven? What does it mean to be driven? So uh, to be driven means it's, you're chasing something. You are determined to catch something. You're pursuing something. And, and, and I believe all of us are driven by something. Each and every one of us here, we're driven to make more money. That's why you're just loading up on the hours in your workplace. You're trying to be more successful you're trying to have perfect health. You're trying to have the perfect marriage, the perfect family, perfect relationships. You want to have the perfect status on your social media. Or some of you, you're just living to have fun. But all of us are pursuing something. There's something that drives each and every one of us. Can I ask you this morning, what drives you? What is it that, that drives you today?